Hello again, everyone. My name is James Shotwell, and this is Music Biz. It's so good to be with you again. I have a great episode for you today because we're going to talk about something that I feel like I talk about every single day, and that is TikTok. Specifically, how TikTok destroyed music marketing. And I know it's weird to say that with a smile, but I think it's absolutely true, and I'm here to explain why. Now, right off the bat, I want to make it clear that I'm not saying TikTok is good or bad. I don't think TikTok is either thing. It's just a platform. However, in the years since it first emerged, TikTok has rapidly become a force for music discovery and fan engagement, unlike anything that we've seen in the better part of a decade. And as a result, the industry has been scrambling to catch up. Now, this is not unique to TikTok. Every time there's some type of disruption in fan engagement or marketing, or even just the streaming revolution, the industry is usually slow to adapt, and then there's this weird bum rush where everyone decides, okay, it's time to do it. And there's this push to not only know how it works, but to do it as good as humanly possible, as often as possible, and basically leverage the machine as much as possible to benefit the label as quickly as possible. And what happens in that rush, every single time, without fail, is that artists get frustrated, professionals burn out, fans end up losing in the long run, and everybody just kind of gets sick of a platform that we're supposed to love. And I don't want that to happen with TikTok because personally, it's the most fun that any social media has given me in some time. So I want to talk about what went wrong. And I want to get there by starting at the end with what happened this week. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, there have been rumblings over the last several months that many artists were growing frustrated with the fact that their record labels were essentially forcing them to produce content for TikTok. And while those were all rumors, it actually seems to be proven at this point because FKA Twigs and Charlie XCX recently posted and later deleted TikToks claiming that their labels were either holding their content hostage or making them post stuff in order to continue to get promotion or be somebody that the label admired and you know, supported, which is already pretty damning. But then this week, Halsey, obviously one of the biggest artists in the world, put out this video. Now, before we go any further, let's go ahead and address what some of you are already thinking. If you knew that there were artists going viral on TikTok because they were complaining about how their labels made them make TikToks, you would theoretically also make a TikTok about how your label makes you make TikToks in hopes of hopping on that trend. This is the thing that we're talking about in this video. This is how marketing has been broken forever. It's no longer easy to tell what is real and what is not real. Are artists being forced to make TikToks? Are artists complaining about being forced to make TikToks because drama is always a clickable piece of content? Do labels care what we think about them or do they not care what we think about them? It's all up in the air. But Halsey was quick to say that at least in her case, this is what's really happening. And she backed it up with a second video. Take a look at this. Put that out song title because mm -hmm. it would be Halsey so good mm -hmm. and they would get the art on TikTok. Mm -hmm. If you're okay with those things but not announcing the date, mm -hmm. then I think that we put that up like, honestly, I think we put that up like sometime between Monday and Wednesday whenever they can get the artwork ingested. Mm -hmm. What? 
I just hate this. Oh, I know. I hate it. It sucks. Honestly. Now, again, I want to make it perfectly clear that this is something that is happening to artists throughout the industry. In fact, earlier this month, Florence from Florence and the Machine. Yeah, the band that headlines Coachella and that your older sister probably absolutely idolizes. Florence posted a TikTok that her label was asking her to make, quote, lo-fi TikToks to help attract younger listeners. And while I'm absolutely confident that there are young users on TikTok who would absolutely admire everything about Florence and Florence and the Machine because she makes wonderful music and she's a fantastic artist, while I believe that those people exist, I don't think that making content creators, specifically musicians, post content about their own songs is what makes those songs go viral. And as you'll see as we get through this video, I can prove that with case after case example of how songs actually take off on the platform. But I do think it's important to note that not every artist is bending to this demand. So we can assume at this point that artists are being asked to make TikToks. And if you have a favorite artist and you haven't tried to find if they're on TikTok yet, go ahead and pause this and take a look. I bet they're there. Now, whether or not they're posting content is a completely different debate, but I bet they're on there because somebody told them to. But one notable pop star says that she refuses to join TikTok. And that person is Adele. Check out this clip from her interview with Zane Lowe last November when her new album 30 was coming out where she explains what the conversations were like leading up to the release as it relates to TikTok. They're like, you know, we, we've really got to make sure these 14 year olds know who you are. And I'm like, but they've all got mums. They've all got mums. And I, I've, they've definitely been growing up listening to my music, these 14 year olds and stuff Correct. like that. But it was like, if everyone's making music for the TikTok, who's making the music for my generation? Who's making the music for my peers? I will do that job, gladly. I'd rather cater to people that have like, are on my level in terms of like the amount of time we've spent on earth and all the things we've been through. Now that clip was Adele, like the Adele. Obviously a one name musician means that everybody probably knows who they are. I mean, there's Sting, there's Adele, and there's Prince. That's like, those are the three that I think we all know and everybody knows who they are and yet, there are people at her record label who were worried that maybe not enough people would know that there was a new Adele record in the world. Adele, an artist whose last debut single, the lead single from her last album, had a worldwide global premiere at the same time across all radio platforms. That artist, with that level of exposure for even a single nobody has heard, was being told that they had to get on TikTok or else things might not work out in their favor. And Adele, to her credit, pushed back. But the reality of the situation is, most musicians are not Adele. They are not in a position to push back. If a label says jump, more often than not, artists find themselves having to say how high. And in the world of TikTok, that jump is often a request to hop on trends, to do something that's already popular, to copy what has worked for somebody else. But this is where the industry starts to misunderstand how things work on TikTok in terms of what takes off. TikTok is a platform that combines video and music, but at the end of the day, what really works on the platform, the thing that is going to make you go viral or take off is, is almost just about the vibe of what you're doing. It has nothing to do necessarily with who you are. It's capturing a moment in time that feels so utterly unique that everybody recognizes how special it is that you've captured it on camera. And this, this applies to every version of TikTok, whether we're talking about the videos that make you cry laughing, the videos that make your heart ache so that you end up crying, the videos that make you rage, the videos that make you wanna check out an artist's song. All of those clips across the board 
have an air to them that makes them feel special, unique, of the moment, as if somebody just happened to capture gold when they turned on their camera. That's what makes a video take off on the platform. That's how an artist goes viral. When Lil Nas X first took off with Old Town Road, the videos that he was making, the memes that he was generating, everything that he was doing to bring attention to the song felt of the moment. They felt utterly unique to him, something that only he could have come up with, and we cherished that originality. Now that labels have figured that out, they're trying to fabricate originality. And I can give you two examples of how they've done it in the last couple of years. One where it went very well, and one where it went very wrong. Starting with the latter, Tramp Stamps was an up-and-coming pop-punk band that burst onto the TikTok scene with these very in-your-face songs about sex and drugs and boys and just being in-your-face in a way that female-led pop-punk bands rarely are. And shortly after the band started to take off, fans began doing some digging. And what they found was that Tramp Stamps was connected to Dr. Luke and that all of these people that seemed to be up-and-coming feisty underground musicians actually had deals in place and songwriting deals and they'd been part of the industry for a while. Wow, their first post on their Instagram is a fully animated piece of media with a link tree to literally every social media site like off the bat with like 23,000 followers, but their posts only get like a couple thousand likes and barely at that. Oh, what? Their YouTube video says they come from this record label. That's crazy. What? Oh, they have a fully designed website with full CSS and HTML5 setups and animations. Oh, and the lead is this girl. You know, the, the, the purple hair one looks real punk. Oh, but wait, no, she was a singer who a few months ago was trying to do this Lana Del Rey thing and it didn't work and now this is where the label put her. Same with the other guitarist. That's crazy. It's almost like it's a bunch of people who were like theater majors and shit who had rich parents and now they're co-opting Riot Girl aesthetics that people literally dedicate their lives to for money. And all of a sudden this image that they were selling that they were these underground, hardworking people that were just never noticed before didn't really match with the information about their careers that was publicly available online. And so they had this industry plant explosion. And if you do a quick search here on YouTube, you'll find video after video of people telling you all about whether or not they're industry plants. And at the end of the day, whether they were or not, the fact remains that when fans figured out what was happening, that they were being sold a fabrication, they didn't want it anymore. And you would think that maybe that would cause labels to stop doing that, but instead they just pivoted and got smarter because I think the problem with tramp stamps wasn't that they were necessarily fabricated. It's that they were being marketed to a genre where authenticity matters. People really care if a DIY or an alleged DIY group is actually doing it themselves, that they actually come from a small town, find the money to get the recording, tour in the band, do all that actual work. That matters to that community. But you know where it matters a little bit less? Pop music, top 40 music, music you hear on the radio. People don't tend to dig quite so deep into those musicians and whether or not they have the bona fides to be there, which is why last fall, Atlantic Records struck gold with an artist named Gale. And if you haven't heard the song A, B, C, D, E, F, U, let me show you how it went viral on TikTok. Did you know that you were lied to about this song? And this is a massive song on TikTok. 
And a lot of people are pushing that this song happened because of TikTok. And it definitely blew up because of TikTok. But we gotta talk about what actually happened. And it starts with this video. I need your help. Where Gail asked for song ideas. And she definitely got them. But someone asked, can you write a breakup song using the alphabet? But if we look at the comment, we'll see this account name. And if we go to this account name, we'll see it's private. But if we look her up on Google, we see her on LinkedIn. In fact, we see her as a digital marketing manager at Atlantic Records. And if we look up Gail, we'll see that she's actually on Atlantic Records. And even though this was planned, it worked. And there's so many other artists and labels that do this because people love to be a part of something and they love a story they can follow. Everything you just saw was true, by the way. And you can still do the research on it. You can find other sources for it. And the thing is, Nobody cares. Maybe they cared about Tramp Stamps, but they didn't care about Gail. And if I were a betting man, I would say that the team at Atlantic Records probably watched what happened at Tramp Stamps and pivoted their strategy with Gail to target a different demographic and segment because they realized that nobody cares if a pop star isn't all that they claim to be because we don't expect them to be. It's, it's part of living up to the false image that you're already perpetrating. But in, in DIY and alt music, there's bona fides that you have to have that you can't necessarily fake. And now the labels know, so they won't do it again. But that's not true. And you know it's not true. The industry is gonna do this again. They're gonna do it again and again and again until they've exhausted every possible avenue for faking discovery on TikTok because right now, Gail is one of the biggest artists in the world and the only reason that that happened is because a platform called TikTok helped launch her into the stratosphere. And if you need another example of this happening, don't worry friends, I have another one. Have you heard the song, Numb Little Bug? Here's a clip if you haven't. For the past month or so, I've been a numb little bug and so I wrote a song about it because that's a new feeling for me. Now, Numb Little Bug went to radio just a few weeks ago, and when you see the original clip where it comes from, you would think, wow, here's another story of a person who went from playing in their bedroom or their living room where their parents helped them get piano lessons, and now they're on the radio. What a great story. But in reality, that young lady has had songwriting deals for a long time, and the fact that she finally had a song that took off on TikTok is probably great for her, but that career has been in the works for a while. They've just been looking for the window, and you gave it to them because you bought into the video that they posted on TikTok. And this is what I mean when I tell you that marketing is broken forever as a result of TikTok. Are artists like Halsey being asked to post things on TikTok? I absolutely believe that. Is every artist that has ever complained that way being forced in the same way? No, I doubt that. I don't believe that for a second. And that's the problem. It's impossible to know what to believe on this platform. Did Charlie Puth really write that song with the light switch sound because he was working on a TikTok and then he figured out that sound would be so cool? Is it possible that the song was already done before the first TikTok was ever even made? And does it matter if it was, if it ultimately makes us buy it? The lack of consumer confidence and whether or not what we're seeing is real may not seem like a problem right now, but I believe it will be as this goes on because 
the inability to perceive reality really messes with people's heads and it really makes them question whether or not they like the things that they like in the long run. So while you might have been able to pull a fast one and get a few artists through, on a long enough timeline, this is going to hurt the platform for everybody. Because now if I am an up and coming artist with no money behind me and no team and no deal in place, but my demo is crushing it, it's so good, and I'm uploading videos where people are seeing this amazing song come to life, there's always going to be a thought in the back of the head of the viewer that what they're seeing is lies, that what they're seeing is false, and that's going to make them care less about artists that they possibly should give the world to because they deserve it. Now that alone is a pretty good argument for how TikTok has broken music marketing forever, but there are three other ways the industry continues to mess up artists' careers and misunderstand the platform that is holding us all back. And if we can just get past them, I believe there can be a better future for everybody. So let's go through them real quick. For starters, labels are doing a terrible job of capitalizing on up and coming talent in a timely manner. Let me give you a great example. Several years ago, we made a video right here on this channel about a rapper named Stunna Girl from the Bay Area. Now she had a song that went viral on the platform over the course of several weeks, and she signed a deal worth more than $1 million that we made a video about right here on this channel. It took six more months from when that deal was signed for the label to officially release the song that had gone viral on TikTok. And as you know, six months after a TikTok trend is a horrible time to try to do that TikTok trend. And this has happened several other times where labels have picked up an artist who has a demo or a single track that is going really well on the platform, got them into a deal, then try to push them into a classic traditional single runway, which is like, we'll shoot a video, we'll do a new version of the studio cut, we'll do promo shots, we'll do guest appearances, we'll do interviews, and then we'll drop the song. When in reality, what they actually should be doing is picking up an artist, grabbing that song, and getting it out on DSPs as fast as humanly possible. That should be the goal. The video and everything else comes after the fact, but that runway needs to be so much shorter than labels have been treating it. And to their credit, I do think they're getting better. Numb Little Bug is a great example of a song that seems to have gotten there a lot faster. The same with Gale, but again, that's not the same for every single person. And that's the trouble you may run into when you get involved with people after getting successful on TikTok. The second thing that I continually see the industry misunderstand is what makes content go viral. Again, like I said earlier, it's about a moment. It's about a unique thing. It's about the vibes. And I know that that is a abstract term to use here, but it is true. Remember that video of the guy on a skateboard drinking Capri Sun, listening to Fleetwood Mac's Dreams? It's a great video. We all loved it. It was so viral. If I can play it here on the channel, I'm going to try to throw it up while I'm talking here. After that video went viral, the label had Fleetwood Mac join TikTok. And that's cool. I love seeing Stevie Nicks on TikTok. But that tells me that they don't understand why people love that video. The song is great and the song definitely makes the video complete, but it was the energy of the clip itself. It wasn't the fact it was Fleetwood Mac. It wasn't the fact it was Stevie Nicks. It wasn't the fact it was Dreams. It was the way he looked on that board, drinking that Capri Sun, going by traffic with the sun in the sky and that music behind him. It all came together to coalesce into a moment that people treasured. 
And when the label tried to capitalize on that by bringing the band onto the platform and having them post content, it tells me that they didn't understand why we liked the video in the first place. The better move is what other companies did by getting behind the man on the skateboard and helping him boost their catalog, make him ride the skateboard and listen to other songs. That would be a more engaging tactic. Having Stevie Nicks get on a platform I know Stevie Nicks doesn't care about to make content that I bet she doesn't care about making isn't a good solution to such a beautiful viral moment. And the thing that sucks about it is, it didn't matter because the song went viral in such a massive way that it was bigger than it had been in decades. And I'm sure that there's somebody at the label who thinks getting the band on TikTok is the reason that happened, but it's not. It's all because of the energy in that one video. And this is something that I talk to artists about because I talk to many musicians who keep telling me I'm posting my clips, I'm posting my songs, and they aren't going taking off, but how often has a video actually taken off, a sound on a video I should say, taken off because the person that posted the video is the artist behind it? It's pretty rare. I can think of a time that it happened with country star Morgan Wallen in the demo version for his song Broadway Girls. And of course you have Gale and you have the Numb Little Bug song. But beyond those tracks, more often than not, when a song or sound takes off on TikTok, it's not because a verified account run by the person behind the song posted the clip. More often than not, it's because a fan or just some random person on the internet used the sound behind a video that captures the world's imagination in some way. And that's why when people talk about giving power to the creators, they're talking about getting behind the people who are helping make these songs big. Yes, buying some influencer push might be helpful. Getting Charlie D'Amelio to use your song in the background of a video, I can absolutely see how that might pull in listeners. But if somebody randomly decides to take a song that you wrote about traveling across America and set it to a compilation of footage from a road trip they took across America, the chances that your song takes off because of that are so much higher than you posting a video and saying, hey, here's my new song, give it a share if you like it. I mean, that might work on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else, but that's not how TikTok works and labels still don't understand that. Finally, the last way that TikTok has broken our brains and broken music marketing is that it has convinced us engagement is equal to fandom, and it is not. The two things couldn't be further apart. Engagement is like the lie we tell ourselves about fandom. Engagement is what we wish our fandom was. Fandom is what our actual fans are. And this is, this is a far more important figure. What ends up happening on TikTok is people have a couple of clips that go viral, or maybe they have that one sound that takes off, and then you go to their Spotify page, and they have one song with 10 million plays, and every other song hasn't cracked 100,000. And while that one moment might pay the bills, get them on the road, and buy some new gear, it shows a lack of ability to capitalize on what's happening. Because if you can't harness the interest in that one song and push it into the other stuff that you're doing, be that other tracks, videos, tour dates, merch, newsletter, fan club, social media accounts, whatever it happens to be, if you can't do that, then that viral moment means so very little in the big scheme of things. And maybe five years ago, it would have been enough to get the notice of management or a label, but these viral moments are happening so frequently now that unless you're going ultra viral, I mean 10 million plus views, nobody's even gonna blink an eye at your little moment unless you can create a series of them, making 
not just one track go viral or one sound or one video, but three, four, five, 10, 15, all of your clips are starting to average hundreds of thousands of views. It's about the consistency of it all. It's not about cashing in and cashing out as quickly as possible. It takes time to build up a presence on these platforms. And when you do, you still have to do the work of the funnel. People being on your TikTok is not an endpoint. It is the very top of a sales funnel. You have to push them all the way to your website all the way to your tour dates, all the way to the streaming page, and then get them to stay there. Give them a reason to stay there. This industry is obsessed with that little tiny heart in the corner of the screen. It's obsessed with follower counts, but at the end of the day, those things only matter a fraction if you cannot convert them to actual sales. Now you're probably watching this and thinking, James, you've complained for about 10 minutes now. Why are you not giving me solutions? And the hard truth is that I don't think there are any. I think that we have reached a point of self-parody where we are only going to scramble for the foreseeable future. I'm not telling you that any one trick will work because I don't think any one trick will work. The only way to get ahead now is to be thinking outside the box, to be constantly creative, to accept the fact that the system is probably working against you at least on some level. Algorithms can be your friend, but yes, some companies might have a little bit better edge with the algorithm than you, and that's just a fact of life. Copying what works for popular musicians might not work for you because you don't have the team behind you to make those ideas get the exposure that they need. But that doesn't mean that they aren't good ideas. Showcasing your ideas from the beginning demo all the way to the finished song is great. Making a short documentary that tells people who you are, that's great. Making silly videos that use your sound, that's great. Encouraging people to make uh, clips where they share with you or they react to things that you do, that's great. Keep doing what you're doing, but understand that whenever you see somebody tell you that they understand TikTok marketing or that they know how it works or that they can guarantee you X, Y, and Z, they can't because myself and all of my friends that work in the music industry in marketing who do this for a living, we are talking each and every day about TikTok and how it's changing and how it's evolving. And there is no one solution. There is no one path. There is no trick. There is no quick path to success. There is no guarantees. Of course, that's true in life, but on this platform specifically, there's no way to game the system that we all know of just yet, unless you have the money to do so. So my advice to you is to keep at it work hard, make the best music you possibly can, make it so good that nobody can deny it, stay creative, don't compare yourself to others, and every time you need a bit of support or you have a question or you wanna understand something about this industry, come back here to Music Biz because that's why we're here. We're here to help you understand the modern industry. That means what's happening, where we're going in the future, what we can learn from success stories, what we can learn from failures, and everything in between. Again, my name's James Shotwell, this is Music Biz, and until I see you next time, take care of yourself because you deserve it.